Hey everyone, welcome back to our podcast edition. This is Claire. And this is Cece. And hello, friends, to our headline news edition of our 18th series of sendition on March 28th, 2021. We have three very interesting stories and even better takes, so let's get into it. So recently, Tennessee just passed a new law aimed at blocking transgender student athletes. The governor of Tennessee, Bill Lee, just signed the bill that requires all students be, uh, beyond the fourth grade to prove their sex at birth and only allows students to participate in the sports with those who were assigned the same biological sex. So basically, if you, if on your paper, right, your assigned sex at birth was a female, you would be only able to play with other people who were assigned as female at birth. So this only targets middle school and high school athletes. This does not target college athletes. According to Lee, he signed the bill to quote-unquote preserve women's athletics and ensure fair competition. Across the nation, many bills like these that target trans female student athletes went from 2 in 2019 to 35 in 2020, according to an advocacy group, Freedom for All Americans. Critics have slammed these legislation as discriminatory towards trans children, along with critiquing other legislation recently passed that limits medical treatment for trans kids. So to really understand why there's so much backlash, you kind of have to understand like the current controversy in adult athletics. So when you have a trans woman, right, those who transition from man to a woman, there are some hormonal changes, genetic, uh, there are some biological changes that, uh, there are some biological things that cannot change, right? No matter how much hormone therapy that you can do. So people have argued that because these trans women get an unfair advantage over women who were born biologically women at birth they because they were men uh they transitioned right they have the advantages of a male yeah because they have the biological build right, right? Mm-hmm. which is why you don't hear that it protects men's athletics because a woman is not as strong as a man so when you have a trans man right then they won't exactly quote unquote, don't, dominate there's no unfair advantage you could say there's an unfair disadvantage uh-huh. right but there are no there's like nothing that's been passed for that yeah because for them it like doesn't really matter because people are just like oh there's no unfair there's no um advantage so why do i care they just get like there's just a disadvantage which you know is also discriminatory on both sides as well right mm-hmm like you're not giving these trans women any opportunities to play the sports that they want to. And you're not giving trans men opportunity to do so as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, they have that disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Which is why it has caused a lot of controversy in college sports and beyond in, like, national sports as well. But for... But many draw some nuance in high school and middle school because people have not gone through puberty yet, Right. These are kids. And you can get hormone therapy as a kid. So if you are a trans girl, right? 
and say you're mm-hmm. thir- uh, say you're 12, right? You haven't gone through puberty and like you've already transitioned, right? You're never going to go through puberty as a man, right? You're going to go through puberty as a girl. So you don't have that change that men do. So for some mm-hmm. people who um like may argue against uh, transgender athletics for colleges may not argue this for kids, right? Because there are some biological differences. Right. So then it doesn't affect the kids as much, apparently, they're trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Which is still discriminatory. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, in general, this is very, very discriminatory because you're just not letting kids do what they want to do, right? I mean, if you're so, like, I think one, it's yes, it's discriminatory because you're not giving transgender kids the same opportunity as anyone, everyone else, right? And two, from even like, you're not giving the opportunity for trans kids to, as, like, as other kids, right? They should be able to play sports as who they are. Yeah, plus you're instilling this kind of idea in them now right as middle schoolers hey if you're trans you don't get the same opportunities as anyone else honestly quite problematic and i guess from an analytical point i don't agree with this from a more analytical point of is this even something that should be targeted i'd say not right if these are kids and they haven't gone through puberty as much and they've already gone through hormone changes right the biological differences won't affect the athletics as much as, say, college or beyond. But I think one thing that always really confuses me is that people who claim that, oh, they have an f- unfair disadvantage, uh, sorry, they have an unfair advantage, right? But I think that also deals two things that I want to say. Like, a lot of the top athletes themselves already, if you look at, like, m- I think it was Michael Phelps, he has a biological advantage over a lot of other men because of the way he metabolizes and his, like, something to do with how he lactates system. Yeah, yeah, no one seems to be saying, hey, Michael Phelps, you can't compete. You're not allowed to compete. Yeah, so he technically has a biological advantage. And two is that if that were true, right, if transgender women really do show or have an advantage, right? Then why aren't there more transgender women in like dominating mm-hmm. the sports, right? Say like swimming where like just pure strength is needed. And that is something that like these people argue like, oh, they will have like too much like different type of muscles or the too easily grow muscles or something like that. Then why don't we see yeah. it? Like also, <laughs> if you're truly focused and concerned about the regulation of advantages and disadvantages among your um athletes right then why not check everyone's biological buildup and see who has an advantage and just i guess pick those people off i don't know it just doesn't seem that this is really the entire reason that they would choose to you know ban people from like ban trans women from being able to play the sports they love mm-hmm. and i mean like the reason why i could also like most likely they are transphobic. Uh, so. Seems like it. I mean. Yeah. And uh, this, I 
honestly don't see this controversy dying down because of the biological components in the argument. But I, mm-hmm. like, I know this is more analysis. <laughs> it's supposed to be analysis, but in my opinion, I do think this law should not have been passed. Agreed. Our second story today is that Biden faced backlash in his claims on immigration at the U.S.-Mexico border. At a recent news conference, Biden made several statements that have been found to be partially false. According to Biden, the border surge right now is similar to years before, and he claims that the increase in migrants is just due to seasonal fluctuation. Although seasonal fluctuation happens during the winter times, the increase in unaccompanied child migrants has drastically shot up. Additionally, in March, the average 30-day number went from 3,243 to 4,962. Biden blamed the current situation on Trump for cutting aid for Central American countries to fix the migrant issue at the core. When Biden was vice president under Obama, they instituted $700 million that Trump did later cut, but the State Department had already restored the majority of the funding. Biden also claimed that the, quote, vast majority, end quote, of migrant families were being sent back home. Under Title 42, the legal authority to send people back during the public health crisis of COVID-19, about 70% of all people apprehended were sent back, but only a little less than half of all migrant families were sent back. Biden isn't the only one coming under fire for certain comments, and many of his officials are as well. The Secretary of Homeland Security claimed that the Biden administration ended practice of expelling migrant children. Instead, there was a court case that ruled against Trump expelling children before the new administration took office. Although, an appeals court recently appealed that ruling so that Biden could send back unaccompanied children, he has decided not to do so. Biden's chief of staff stated that they, quote, inherited, end quote, a government that reduced housing and beds for migrant children. Because of the current influx, Biden's administration lacks enough space for the children before they can be processed. During Trump's term, the bed capacity actually reached a record high at 16,000, while Obama was at 8,000. When Trump left, the average was around 13,000. But because this time is a coronavirus, every facility has reduced capacity by around 40% due to social distancing protocols. However, Trump did make no efforts during COVID to relieve the changes. It isn't only the Democrats that have been harping on Biden for the migrant crisis with false facts as well, it has been the Republicans, too. Senator Cotton of Arkansas claimed that the surge is due to Biden's promise of free health care and more citizenship. Biden did make statements that proposed a way for citizenship to those undocumented already here and undid Trump's rule on asylum seekers waiting in Mexico for their decision. There is no free health care, though. Biden proposed these immigrants having the opportunity to buy health care plans. I almost, I almost said Arkans- Arkansas. Dude, like, I, I, I'm being completely Ugh. serious. Why is I it almost called? said Arkansas and not Arkansas. <laughs> um, I think this is disappointing, but certainly not surprising. Every politician has exaggerated or skewed the truth, basically lied. Basically, you know, make them seem good to the public eye. Yeah. I think the I mean, migrant... That's job, but... Mm-hmm. The... Uh, immigrant migrant crisis is definitely something I think Biden will have a lot of trouble in the future that many presidents have right because coming from the backlash especially from his own like 
say the democratic, more liberal side, right?、Mm-hmm. Um, that they have definitely harped on Trump for his migrant policies, and so, and that is some. Of course, Biden was running a very anti-Trump campaign, so I think tr- Biden is like trying really hard to kind of、uh, to appease his voters or the. Yeah, because we have high expectations for him because、yes. his campaign was what more liberal than I'd say some of the other presidents. But like right now, of course, it's like the complete opposite of Trump. Yeah. So we have us like people who support Biden have extremely high expectations for what he's going to do because he's been trashing what Trump since the beginning. Uh huh. So. Yeah, I think people definitely did have high expectations, but I also think the more moderate. Side also like it's just I think this is what they expect, right? They kind of expect Biden to definitely show like a, pe- a repeal a lot of Trump's、um, ruling in the past regarding the migrant crisis, especially the migrant children as well.、Mm-hmm. But I know for a fact that for even for them, right, their stance on the migrant issue is definitely complicated as well. There's a lot of things to consider, right? Yeah, it like、Isn't、reminds it cool? me of um like a lot of the celebrities who who really really supported Biden and came out to vote, and like I remember on election day I would see stories of these celebrities saying, "Oh, thank God!" Like, um, like this is, like, thank God things are changing or something, and like you know, like they have their political opinion. It's good, like、mm-hmm. if Biden is what they want, right? <laughs> I'm not gonna. Like we're not, they obviously this is America, so you can vote who for who you want, and honestly, I would have voted for Biden too,、um, in that case. But it was kind of disheartening to see because throughout the Trump administration, the same people would post a lot of stuff denouncing Trump's、um, uh, actions, and I agreed with them as well. But now that like Biden is, you know, like not also doing, I wouldn't say do like doing politician-y stuff, right? Like people,、mm-hmm. it was very popular to fact check、uh, Trump during his press conferences, and I'm glad to see that some media outlets are also still fact checking Biden. But a lot of these celebrities, like they're no longer posting the fact that like you know like. Biden continues to bomb Syria, or Biden continues to kind of like skew his like certain statistics about migrant issues, among other things as well. You know,、mm-hmm. like this, they're、yeah. not like their their advocacy seems to have gone away just because Biden is in office, but like it doesn't solve our problems or solve any problem, like all the problems. You know. Exactly, we need to see evidence of change, you know, in in order to say, hey, we did a good thing by voting for Biden instead of saying, oh, we just kicked Trump out of office, you know. But you know, it's not progress or anything if we don't see change. Yeah, and, and we see of, Biden acting like the same way, then obviously there's an issue. Yeah, and of course, like as you know, to be realistic, right? Biden, like, even if all the things that he promised and he's working towards doesn't mean things are going to always change because you know, well, yeah, it's not everything goes according to plan. But it's just、yeah. like the fact that there's no pressure 
to do so for him. At least from the celebrities that I used to see. And even though like the celebrity culture has definitely changed these past few years, especially with COVID, it's still undeniable that they do have influence. So I think the fact that these news media outlets are fact-checking Biden just reminds me of the lack of pressure from or it's just, yeah, the lack of pressure and advocacy that I used to see on social media during Trump's administration that is not here as much on Biden. It's and, definitely much more lax with Biden. Yeah. People aren't exactly on him, like, hey, you said this so wrong and stuff like that. Probably because people generally have a much better expectation, you know? It's not yes that too that too <laughs> you could say in some yeah. people in like people's eyes right what trump does even though they may be both leaning it's like the greater of two evils right which evil mm-hmm. is greater and for many that was trump yeah also biden has a much more composed facade that trump, too but also he much, fell much harder. <laughs> like, yeah. okay 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 that's okay we don't talk about that. At least that was an accident, you know. Trump is... I think his facade is definitely much more messier, for lack of a better word. That's So it's true. much harder, I'd say, to make fun of Biden. And there's much less reason to be on him every single day, you know. Much That's like how true. many news media's outlets did with Trump. Yes. One thing that, like, during Trump's administration that... I think many people recognize was that the fact that he caused so much controversy and media attention over his hiccups, what he says on Twitter and whatnot, that overshadowed a lot of his actual actions. And so that happens when you have too much media coverage. But here, I feel like sometimes we have, like, I want to say now because I think don't think I've seen enough to say something about it, but definitely in the past, there, was, there wasn't there was as much controversy over what the president said as mm-hmm. much as Trump did. But So there was like a lack of media coverage, which then would overshadow what they actually did. So it's kind of right, like right, right. imbalance on both sides. Mm-hmm. Maybe I was too young for this because i was like in middle school when obama got out of office but i didn't see a lot of fact checking on his claims and his administration so it is still it's still surprising to see that like big media outlets such as New York Times or NBC, are still fact-checking, are continuing to fact-check the president, even when, you know, I would say New York Times is definitely more Democratic than Republican and definitely Mm -hmm. pro-Biden and anti-Trump. Yeah, I feel like they've learned their, well, I wouldn't say learned their lesson, but they've definitely experienced a lot from Trump, you know, from, like, the Trump administration. And they know that, oh, we should not blindly trust what they're saying because yeah. I mean, the it time is, they could be wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is the New York Times, so there is some 
trust involved within them to know that whether it's right or wrong, but it -hmm. is also their discretion whether to write about it, right? Mm Because for the average reader, most of us won't be going into every single little statistic and comparing it to what Biden or Trump said. Right. And for our last story, we have something a little more positive. Researchers have learned how to turn food waste into jet fuel. So scientists have been trying to figure out a way to reduce carbon emissions, especially for aviation, which is actually the sixth largest carbon emitter, according to 2018 records. I'm not surprised. A new study, which was in collaboration with the U.S. Renewable Energy Laboratory, the University of Dayton, Yale University, and Oak Ridge National Laboratory reveals that wet waste, which is food waste, right? Uh, wastewater, sludge, and animal manure as well could be capable of supporting net zero carbon flight. Their reports have shown that this new f- like, w- uh, waste fuel can reduce greenhouse gas emissions by 165% compared to regular jet fuel. Aviation companies such as Southwest are now working with the Uh, that laboratory and that group to demonstrate the fuel's application. Changing to sustainable aviation can have a super big impact on carbon emissions because currently the global jet fuel market is at 106 billion gallons and could increase to over 2,030 billion gallons, which is 2.03 trillion by 2050. Airline companies are also planning to try to cut their net carbon emissions in half by 2050, which would bring the emissions back to the rate it was in 2005. A lot of math there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but even if it's 165, like, that is not, that's good, but going from 106 to 2030, that's, like, that's so much. 1,000%, Claire. Yeah, I did not realize how much... Like, how much this could increase. Mm-hmm. That's definitely very, very scary. Now that we're mm-hmm. comparing math. I mean, at least they're, you know, finding new ways to be more sustainable. Because this has yeah. been an issue for so long, ever since airplanes were invented and used for commercial use. Yeah. And obviously it's a pandemic, so jet fuel isn't used as much because there's less planes flying, but I definitely think that um as covid restrictions lessen which they will right mhm airplanes are going to go swoop up to the sky yeah, more yeah, and more because people want to get out they want to travel they yeah. want to go somewhere vacation whatever with their families by themselves whatever and there's definitely going to be a peak and that might cause even like accelerate basically the jet fuel market uh increase mm-hmm. Also, another thing I'm hoping, like, I know food waste is a huge problem in America. Right. For one reason that, yes, people are starting to compost their food. But another thing is food waste in terms of, like, stores. Like, stores just throw out the food, even though it's still edible. Mm-hmm. Because people don't want it. They pick and choose. Yeah, nobody's buying it, and they don't want to keep it there. And so, basically, they're just throwing away a bunch of food that they could give to families who are in need of food, right? Because it's not like it's not safe as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like... It's just like when nobody's buying, they yeah. just throw. 
yeah, so I hope the food waste, like, this is a good way to use food waste, right? But food waste can, like, I don't know what they mean specifically by food waste because of the way it's defined, because stores can define food waste as food that's still healthy or, like, still edible, but they'll throw away. But the food can also be used to feed people. Exactly. People People look on their fruits and vegetables, they see a small bruise or something, and immediately turn away also there's this whole thing with like food waste during the holidays as well like thanksgiving christmas uh, big also like mm-hmm. smaller events for families and people like in their gatherings weddings as well people constantly throw food away every single year and if you add that up obviously it's a staggering amount right mm-hmm. well those are the three stories that we have for you today. But before we leave you, we have our Sunday snippet into the past. So on March 28th, 1910, the first seaplane takes off from water at Martinique, France. How Goes very you? well with... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all we have for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening. And have a good Sunday.